0: and then here and there and always at sexpotcomedy.com. next storyteller all right next storyteller this
1: next
0: storyteller our next storyteller welcome to the narrators podcast this podcast collects stories that were told at the narrators a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme Hey, this is Robert. I just wanted to let you know about our upcoming shows. If you are in Denver, you've got one more chance to catch the narrators in January. We're going to be at the Denver Art Museum as part of their Untitled series on January 29th at 8 p.m. We're going to be in the Danny Singer exhibit telling stories on the theme of family vacation. Our February shows kick off on February 9th in San Diego at Tiger Tiger Tavern, where we will be tackling the theme of DIY or Die. And the same theme will be tackled in Denver on the 17th of February at 8 p.m. at Bumpport Theater. This week's story comes to you from Suzanne Hoyam, who sent me a really great uh, bio to introduce her. I just wanted to share that with you really quick. Suzanne says that she is an amateur taxidermy collector, novice tarot card reader, and practiced social critic. Having spent the past decade at the finest junior colleges in Southern California, she has decided to stretch her wings, talk dirty, and influence people. Here she is telling a story on the theme of promise and joy.
1: Hi, guys. Well, it started on a Wednesday. I had stumbled into work, reeking of whiskey, just sad and hungover. I licked my fingers to wipe the black coal that hung heavy under my eyes. I dug into my purse for a solution to my face. Ah, red lipstick. I shall use you on my lips and cheeks. I glared into a compact and muttered to myself, That'll do, pig. Pig. On this humble day, I chose to put myself out there, good foot forward and all. I planned to wade through the barrels of bullshit. I hadn't been single in ten years. I wanted to play the game, too, see what all the hubbub was about. I wanted to finally meet my twin soul. That is the day I decided to try Internet dating. What you doing, my coworker asked. I sneered up from my computer. I'm starting a dating profile on OkCupid. It's like online shopping, but for men. <laughs> I went on a date last night, and he dropped me off at my house. I thought we had a great time, but he couldn't wait to leave. No kiss, no hug, no dice, just rejection. From that bartender? Yep. The one who's missing teeth? Yeah, so what does that matter? He sighed. Hell, I fucking sighed. I looked at him helplessly and went back to slamming my fingers on the keyboard. Height. Short. Ethnicity. Other. Body type. Curvy. Smokes when drinking. Drinks desperately. Status. Divorced. Has a kid, has a cat, speaks English. I tried not to spend too much time constructing my responses. This was an organic, romantic experience. I wanted the person that read this profile to see my bright, shiny, penny of a soul. This was an absolute representation of moi. That's how you did this thing, right? Truth, uncompromising snark, pictures that may be a little bit old, My self-summary began as, Life is too short to hang out with normal people. I guess that's why I'm surrounded by so many fun-loving freaks. I like to be a muse, or at the very least, amusing. I'm a real straight shooter. And I have a pickle tattooed on my arm. Movies, books, and music? Well, I like gladiator movies. Rock and roll, sandwiches, and Bukowski. You should message me if... you have an amazing sense of humor, or at least an appreciation for an amazing sense of humor. Also, you must like bottle rockets and sandwiches. If you like to buy a girl steak and whiskey. Oh, and if you're Steve McQueen, definitely message me if you're Steve McQueen. I smushed up some pictures, sat back ever so pleased with myself, and waited for the strange to start pouring in. A couple of my favorite messages included... Yo, Suze, I've come back to your profile a few times already, splashing around in your terse prose, musing on all how I already had a huge fucking heart on to be Steve McQueen, <laughs> even before I knew it would exponentially improve my odds of getting to sniff your panties. <laughs> you should be a controlled substance, or a national treasure, or some goddamn thing. Wanna get weird? And then, who could forget, straight shooting, you like wine, and I have a ridiculous wine hookup. I like boobs, and you appear to have amazing boobs. I think that's potentially a great combo. When I did manage to weed out the idiots and serial killers, we'd arranged to meet at a public place, typically the most trendy spot. Latest brewery? Okay, Sure. I'd linger in my car for a few minutes, checking myself one more time in the visor. you got this, Suze. Exude charm. They are going to love you. I'd walk in with a false confidence one saves for first dates with total strangers. And there was something always immediately off. Like the one time my date said, I'd kiss you, but I have a really bad cold. Or the other times I would just be stood up. Sorry, Suze. Sorry, sitting at the bar. And I got a panic attack. I drove home. <sighs> I had read these profiles, saw the pictures, reread the profiles. Why was this not working? You'd think with my amazing boobs and terse prose, I would have a discriminating eye. But they were always way older, shorter, and creepier in person. Way stupider than their profiles suggested. And that's when he appeared, the shiny unicorn in my filthy pigsty of an OkCupid message box. (laughs) I was refreshed, relieved, and ready to get weird. He said he liked a simple life, no drama, and he had an amazing sense of humor. His message was funny, honest, and self-deprecating. This was it, the man I'd been waiting for. He said he had wanted to talk to me for weeks, but we was intimidated by my cold, bitchy face that somehow still looked warm in certain photos. I didn't know what that meant, and I didn't care. I told him I never figured out how to put my clothes away, that my five-year-old calls our cat an asshole, and that, and that I was, truth be told, an unapologetic pagan hedonist. Miraculously, he was charmed. We met for lunch at a spot in Hillcrest. I was incredibly nervous, but after seeing him and getting the awkward hug out of the way, I felt oddly comfortable. I felt a connection. I liked his smiling face and his nervous conversation. We tested each other's boundaries through food. I snuck my fork over to his plate and stabbed some coleslaw. He took a bite directly from my sandwich. Did he taste the subtle fennel, that spicy finish, the cherry-flavored wet-and-wild lip gloss? It felt so intimate. He walked me to my car and went in for a kiss, in the middle of the day, sober. Just two strangers that had figured out the logarithm of internet dating. And it was immediate, like a frenzy. We had a hard hankering for each other. Saturday turned into Sunday and rolled into Monday, He told me that when he looked at me, I gave him ideas. After the second date, he asked that we start dating exclusively. I eagerly called off all the potential suitors. (laughs) After the third date, he asked to meet my daughter, and I let him. He was sweet and attentive with her. He said he had studied child development in college and that my daughter was extraordinary. We abused his couch and mine. Making out at any available opportunity... We talked about how we were as children, teenagers, and semi-adults, and what the holidays were like growing up. We eagerly shared our favorite restaurants, new restaurants. There were late-night drives down the Silver Strand, listening to oldies. I brought over my favorite kale salad to meet his famous jerk chicken. He'd stop by my work, watching me eat my pack lunch while we talked about his day. He made me smile, and that made me want to make him feel loved and special. But there was a persistent nagging. The laundry list of reasons on why we didn't make sense. I filed them away with a different excuse. (sighs) He didn't like my friends. Well, they were kind of assholes. (laughs) He had issues with my drinking. (laughs) I'll slow down one day. He was cheap. Some people call that frugal. He would constantly send me self-help articles. Top 20 things happy people do differently. Exercising together equals better sex. Was he telling me I was unhappy, fat, and bad in the sack? No, he just cared. That was his way of showing it. We made sense, didn't we? The internet told us we were 99% compatible. So far we chalked up the remaining 1% to the fact that I've never watched The Wire and he eats tarot cards. I believe my free spirit would loosen him up. And his self-discipline would finally tame me. We cared for each other with a fondness we had been saving up for quite some time. 10 p.m. on a Monday, there was a knock on the door. He had been avoiding my call since Friday, but he said he wanted to see me in person, code for "Huh ho." And there he stood, a stack of mismatched Tupperware in his arms and that earnest look on his goddamn face. all the tupperware I'd left at his house cleaned and neatly stacked in his arms. It was the most pathetic thing I had ever seen. You know how we said we were two different people, and that was a good thing? I interrupted. But it's too much, isn't it? I wish I could say I hadn't seen it coming, but I had denied the flaws and red flags. He nodded. We hugged. I changed my Facebook status relationship status before he even got in his car. Our 42-day romance had ended within a matter of five minutes. It was too brief to mourn, but what I mourned was the illusion, the promise. I know it wasn't as bad as those guys taking selfies, posing with a tiger. But was I the girl posing in yoga poses? Or had we just wanted something so badly, we closed our eyes to the unflattering photos and glaring profile topoach? Profile typos. I wanted this. I thought he did too. We had looked up its skirt and kicked its tires. This idea of sharing the future. Best intentions were there. Smart people. The ones who knew the same irreverent bands, books, and movies that wanted love so badly. I realize I will tolerate tolerate any goddamn bullshit to a fault. I had to admire him for not being the same way. And maybe the internet is not the place to meet people at all but you could always message me if you're Steve McQueen thank you another first timer at the Narrators let's give Suzanne another round of applause
0: Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson Aaron Rollman and me Ron Doyle Our intern is Sydney Crane. Our theme music is by Whalehawk. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. A very special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Legal Pete's, Greater Than Records, Sexy Pizza, Sexbot Comedy, From the Hip Photo, and Breckenridge Brewery. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app.